up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree to all of my stuff is in the podcast description. You guys made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly, truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition out of March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. In all seriousness, man, I'm truly excited about where the show is headed. We just had episode 75 last week. It's crazy how time flies since I got back into this bad boy during the pandemic, started taking it more seriously, wanting to give you guys consistent content and good content about people persevering, moving forward, chasing their dreams. And the show wouldn't be where it is right now if it weren't for all of you fine people listening. Those of you who take the time to like, subscribe, Tell a friend to tell a friend, leave a rating and review on Spotify, on Apple, share the posts on social media. It, it all means a lot, man, and I truly appreciate everybody who takes the time to show love for the show and takes the time to listen to the show. I really hope that these shows inspire you to chase down your dreams in your own lives, persevere through whatever you're going through, and, and just, you know, be the best version of yourself out there in the world and be good people, man. So it really means a lot, and that's why I'm not short on my thank yous because it's just really humbling to see how the show is growing, you know, and it's it's growing brick by brick, you know, um, and, and I think that that's a, that's a really cool thing, and, and I've really made a conscious effort over these last couple of years and certainly within the last year to really try to diversify the people that I have on this show, you know, from all ends of the musical spectrum to people outside of the music realm, friends and colleagues of mine, because, you know, persevering, moving forward, it's something we all, you know, we all can relate to on some level in one way, shape, or form, and it's something that I'm living with in my own life right now and the things that I've been through in the last year plus, man. So, you know, this this show is truly art imitating life for me on a personal level. So it really means a lot to see people continuing to check out the show and continuing to see it grow. It uh, It's just really cool, man. I love you all and I truly appreciate it. And one of the things that's really helped the show grow for me is Instagram. And it's crazy because those of you who know me, who listen to this show, I'm kind of an old man in a young dude's body. You know, I'm 34. I'm not a I'm not, you know, super young anymore, but I'm also not old, but I've, I've lived long enough now that it's like, you know, I've been around, I've seen some stuff, and uh, social media was something that I, I had completely written off for the most part. I still had my Twitter, and really that was just to, like, follow sneaker releases and, you know, bands and stuff that I like and, you know, check out news updates and whatnot in, in kind of real time, so I, I kept Twitter for, you know, gosh, I've had that for over a decade now. But Instagram, I didn't get on until like June of 2020. I was real late to the party on Instagram. And I was kind of resistant for the longest time because like I said, I just feel like there's a lot of vitriol on social media, people trolling each other. A lot of times it seems like people leave negative comments a lot and you don't really get the love if if they think you're doing a good thing. People just hate on stuff. And so I was like, man, I I don't really want to be on Instagram. And then one of my good buddies, Dave, was like, yo, dude, I really think it would be great if you did get on Instagram because – all these artists are on Instagram, excuse me, they're on Facebook, 
and you don't have a Facebook either. And I was thinking like, yeah, man, you know, I'm getting back into the podcast game after a hiatus and I'm trying to take it more seriously, get my name out there, connect with people in a positive way. I can't really do that if nobody knows who I am. So I got on Instagram and it's actually been one of the best things I've done for myself in the last couple of years, which might sound weird to say like, oh, one of the best things you did for yourself was getting on Instagram. But for this show, man, it's connected we connected me rather with a lot of great people a lot of great artists and those relationships that I've continued to build and the mutual respect that comes from people who come on the show and are thankful for the platform that I give them to share their story and their music and their art, whatever it may be, and the respect that I have for them as creators going out there and having the courage to you know, put their voice on tape and put their art out there for people to see. So it's been really humbling, man, and I've gotten a chance to connect with a lot of different people I, I really try to pride myself on this show on having everything from headbanging to twanging and everything in between, man, from heavy metal to country to hip hop. You know, I, I really try to uh, expand and connect with as many people as possible. And, and just as somebody who loves music, even though I definitely love me some heavy stuff, I, I absolutely have a lot of respect for other genres, including hip hop. And one of the artists that I've gotten a chance to get in touch with and get to know in the last year is a guy by the name of King Shamps. He's a rapper out of West Philly of the Dead Wrong Records imprint. And he hit me up last year after he saw a post I did about another hip-hop artist that I had on my show and was like, yo, man, this is my music. I would love to connect with you. I think it'd be cool for us, for both of our platforms, to speak with each other and get on your podcast. And I checked out his music. He sent me Dawn of the Dead. And I loved it, man. And he's got different artists on there as well. And, and it was really cool to learn about his story and where he's coming from, from West Philly and how he grew up. And it was really inspiring and a great conversation. And we've stayed in touch. We show love to each other's Instagram pages. And he got back in touch with me recently and was like, hey, man, I've got this guy who's working with me and Azan, and he's really good, man. I think you should check him out. It'd be great to get him on your show. Sent me a link to his latest single. I loved it. Went back and listened to his older singles, and I loved it. And I was like, for sure, man, let's get him on the show. And that brings me to this week's guest for episode 76. He is none other than a rapper by the name of Black, which is an acronym which stands for Believe Like a King. And Black is also out of the West Philly area. And this dude's a spitter on the mic. You can tell he's working on his game, putting the time in, getting with King Shamps and Azan, and you know his history with rap, as you guys will hear, even goes beyond his relationships with those guys. And it was just a great conversation, man, you know, listening to somebody who came from a different walk of life than me and listened through the uh, the struggles that he went through growing up, some of the things that he's been through recently, including the death of his grandmother, which you guys will hear about, which was the inspiration behind Demeanor, his latest single. And we just connected on a lot of levels, man, and, and had a great conversation just about life and his history with rap and music and how he got to know King Shams and Azan. And it's just really cool, man. It's it's one of the beautiful things I feel like about life is uh, so often, you know, I think there's divisiveness out there like I was talking about at the jump of this thing with, with social media and, you know, the division that we see not only here in the United States but across the world. And a lot of times, man, when you connect with people, you realize even if you don't look the same or come from the same town or maybe even come from the same interests, that doesn't mean there's not a through line there. And Black and I had a conversation that I really felt like uh, would hit home with all of you and the things that we touch on. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with West Philly rapper Black. Here it is. (laughs) 
It's great to talk with you, man. I really appreciate the time, like we were talking about before I officially hit record, uh, for you to join and do this podcast. King Champs is obviously doing his thing with Dead Wrong Records, and you're part of that crew. So it's great to have you on, man. Oh, man, I appreciate the opportunity, too, man. I'm just getting out of people's DMs, trying to send a, send a new song out and all that. I'm glad to promote it on this platform. I'm really going to get more on podcasts and, you know, shows and all that now. So I really appreciate the opportunity for real. You're welcome, dude. It's all about connected. And I, I know what it's like too as somebody that's uh you know building my audience as well, man. Like anytime you get a chance to connect with other people, you know, whether they're independent artists or people on the come up, man, it's cool. But um listening to your music, man, I checked out your singles. You've released numerous singles over the years. Um, the latest one obviously being demeanor. And uh, let's just get right into it, man. I know you're a West Philly guy. You had the AI, the uh, rather the AI I mentioned right off the top, and then there was a little—I don't know if it was a jab at LeBron with the hairline line, but uh, <laughs> but that was in there as well. But uh, so talk to me, man. Talk to me about growing up in in West Philly. Um, I heard you on Polly on the Pod speaking of podcasts as well, talking about how it was your older brother uh, who goes by Bonzi, right? And he was the one that really. You know, you kind of looked up to and started getting into music. So just just take me back to being a kid in West Philly, man, and, and getting into hip hop. So, you know, basically for real, for real, when I was getting into hip hop, it was really around the age of, well, I found hip hop at nine. Then I started writing my own lyrics and all that at 12, 18. I took it serious when I was in high school, which is right up the street from me at Boys Latin. And... You know, man, it, it was just like, you know, there was like a way for me to really get more respect because nowadays respect can carry you very long way, you know. And back in the day when I was younger, I was getting teased about the color of my skin, the way I was dressing, the way uh I look because I didn't have much for real, for real growing up, you know. So, but, you know, my mom and dad made a way, so did my oldest brother as well. My, my oldest brother, you know, he really, you know, helped me understand what it was for, for to be a rapper and how to carry yourself and how to really, you know, keep going more. If you keep wanting it more, it'll be more better for you. So he actually inspired me to rap because I actually just sit him. I usually just see him, you know, sitting at the computer, just screaming at the computer or whatever. Because at a young age, I was like, why are you screaming at the computer with a dude to you? You know? So I was like, oh, he's rapping. Oh, okay. Then I started listening to him more, listening to him more. We grew a bond over that, but it really grew a bond over, you know, being around each other. And he just inspires me to do more for, for like, he even inspired me to get my credit together, inspired me to get, you know, you know, how to interact with my girl, interact with my friends, interact with people that, you know, may, you know, get advantage of you sometimes. That's really a good, that was really a good uh, model figure for my life. For, for I ain't gonna lie to you. We butt heads, like, like crazy, but you know that's how that's how brothers is, man. But that was really like a real inspiration to me for for when it come to music and you know, you know, being like a good ally to me and everything. But hip hop definitely saved me a little bit, kept me out of the street, kept me you know motivated to do more and everything for real, for real. It really got me my my, my respect that I always wanted. Yeah, so you mentioned, um, you know, growing up, I mean, was it what when you're talking about getting made fun of the color of your skin and things like that? I mean, like, are we talking like bullying, racism, all of that stuff? 
like when I was younger, I used to get teased about my skin. Like, you know, I was so dark. They used to compare it to suey sauce. Used to compare it to like the granite, the granite, like the, the concrete. Uh, it was darkest night. You know, man, you know, in high school, somebody made a diss track about me and the group I was with at the first group I was with, which was MOA. And they uh, came at us because honestly, we was moving to how we was moving, but they they said a line in the bar, they said a bar like, in black, you can't see him in the light because it's real dark on some black shit. But he said my real name. So that's why I didn't really respond to him. But over the years, you know, we look back at it as like, that was some petty little funny shit we used to do. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, and plus with the race, you know, it wasn't really racism going going on with me, but you know, I, I did get looked at that type of way. But at the same time, I brushed it off because at the end of the day, I know who I am. Yeah. For, at the end of the day, like I can talk. I got a white friend. I got a couple of white friends that I probably haven't seen in like months now, but I still talk to them. I still chat with them. For real, for real. You could be my friend. For real, for real. And we'd be around each other. We'll vibe just like just like that. For real, I'm telling you, like, I got a lot of people that probably, you know, be around me and they can never say nothing too bad about me, nothing wrong about me at all because they know who I am. Even my, people in my job, you know, I, I'm dealing with people, colorism, racism, and people like that in my job. It's nothing to me for real now. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. You know, like when I was a kid, um, I had uh... – I had three eye surgeries by the time I was six years old. So by the time I was nine, I, I had bifocals in my glasses. So straight up, I, I mean, I'll have to, I think the picture might be on my Instagram still, but I, I looked like Dwight Schrute as a third grader, man. So from the office. So, right. <laughs> so I heard, I heard the four eyes stuff and all of that. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, man, it, you know, just connecting with you on that level. It's just, you know, what people making fun of like how, you know, dark your skin color is or whatever. It's, it's just crazy. The stuff like kids will say, or teenagers will say, it's like, to me, 14 to 18 is like the worst age. I it's like high school was, uh, I didn't have like a horrible high school experience, but I just feel like people have no filter. Um, and I think it all comes from a place of insecurity at the end of the day. And, you know, any type of hatred, whether it's racism, whether it's bullying or anything mean spirited, it's usually there's something about those folks that they don't like about themselves so they just try to they try to pick on somebody that they they perceive as weaker than them or they try to find something you know whether it's skin tone or the clothes you wear having glasses which now glasses are like cool you know it's like an accessory yeah. I mean, when i was a kid yeah. it was like look at this dude with the four eyes and blah 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 you know my last name <laughs> you would, would say balls man you know what i mean and like you said you mm -hmm. some of it you kind of laugh a little bit but at the same time that stuff sticks with you you know so it sounds like music was an avenue for you to really have an outlet. Is, that, is that the case oh yeah that yeah it definitely was man because i i was really involved in it like well yeah i was really involved in it and plus with that type of thing man it's like i can really say that i finally got my respect that i really wanted i just gotta keep moving forward with it and once as i move forward with it the much better i'll get the much greater i will be Shit, I, I can't I can't hold you. I talk about music with my people so much that they inspire me to do even more. For real, for real. I want to work with producers and that I always look up to. 
always look up to. I even want to do music with my oldest brother, but I don't think I'm at that type of level yet to really be on his type of level. So I always got to train myself to get to where he at for for. And and you mentioned MOA for people listening. That was music over anything, right? That was the the group in high school. Hmm. So yeah, so tell me a little bit about that. Were those guys that um, you grew up with? Were those guys that you went to school with? Because I, I heard on uh, the Paulie on the Pod podcast as well when I was you know doing my research, getting ready for this, that that was when you first started recording. Was like fourteen years old, right? So that's yeah. Um, to really so get into it. So MOA man, MOA it consists of me, Bookworm, Lyric, uh, Young Zaya, uh, Ricardo. And shy, shy money. Hope I ain't forgetting nobody else. But yeah, all five of them, all five of us, six of us, we all was like a group for real, for real. And the reason why I like them is like they do so much for me, for real, for real. And I do so much for them. Like we all look out for each other. That's just how we are. The way that we move is the way that we move. Like we'll sit here, we'll sit here and uh, debate about music. We'll sit here and debate about a song. We'll sit here and debate about whatever, whatever. And that was like really your brotherhood for real, for real. And I loved it. For real, for real. I wish we could do it again, but everybody went their separate ways. When high school was over, everybody went their separate ways and went to college and went to um, many other things, which I wish them best of luck. And once we get back together, it's all up again. For real, for real. And it's, you know, once when you do something like that, it's like it's a never ending story and it will never be forgetting because that's something that y'all really did back in the day. And think about it once you get on, like signed to a label and everything, everybody's looking at you good and you rich and you up there and all that. Y'all can look back and say, damn, we really did that shit. Let's do it again for our young, for our sons and our daughters or whatever. Because I ain't gonna hold you. We never know what might happen. But MOA was really that type of group to really be spitting and doing our thing for real, for real. We would just have about having fun, chilling, and showing how good we are. And that was that was something that you, uh, your confidence and the respect that you, that you were looking for doing that in high school? Yeah, of course, because that's when um it got a little more rigorous with the bullying and everything, but once they got to understand who I was as a rapper, they start, all the bullying stopped a little bit. Just it just stopped a little bit, but other than that, you know, it was really getting better for me for, for real. So that's when I started. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you good? That's when I started to really understand more about myself, gave myself more confidence and everything. Excuse the excuse the noise about the what I'm outside of the hood. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Man. It's all good. It's all good. So what was what was the first thing that you guys did? Did you did you put out uh did you put out a record? Did you put out singles? What was what was the first song that you did? The first song I did with them was um Empire. And I did a mixtape with them as well, I believe. And when I did my mixtape, it was like um it was called Closer to My Dreams, but it was a collection of songs. When I did that, it was about eight tracks. And I had Bookworm on there, and I had Lyric on there. I was trying to get Young Zaya on there, but I didn't see anywhere fit for him. But I always want to do a song with him still. But uh, basically, for for we just had like eight tracks, and I put the mixtape out. Everybody started liking it for for some liked it, some didn't because they didn't really wasn't really into it. But 
you know, it is what it is. It comes with the territory. So that mixtape uh, kind of uh, landed me somewhere like, you know, it got the ears of King Sampson design. And that's when they hit my line saying, hey, yo, you know, kind of a good rock. You kind of good fit for our roster for this uh, Bear Bond record, record label we trying to do. You want to join? You want to join? You want to try it out? You know, everybody was doing their own thing. So I said, you know what? All right, let me see what it's about. For real, for real. So how, how many years ago was that? Because that was what I was going to ask you, was how that connection came about with uh, King Champs and his arm. Um, so with MOA, I went four years with them. And with King with King Sims and Design, I went like at least a good I went at least a good a good man, what was it? I think it was like 2015 I started with them. Okay. After 2015, it went from there up until now for a full side. So I've done for like a good minute, a real good minute. Like at least about a good seven years now. But I still connected with MOA with my MOA team for real, for real, because you know everybody's still around, everybody's still doing music. If they're not doing music, living their life, you know, everybody's still doing their thing. That's why I'm always connected with them for real, for real. But I told them for real, for real, I can't sign with y'all because I started with them too, and I want to put them on as well. But the good thing about Key Sense and Design is they say, look, whatever you're doing over here, you can. Push towards them too, so we ain't hating on nobody. We want to eat with both of y'all for real. For real. Yeah, know what I'm saying, and that's when I talk with Bookworm and I said, "Yo, I, hey, listen, I ain't gonna hold you. I kind of like them over here for for real, but I fuck with y'all. You know what I'm saying, but them, I definitely think I could be a good fit because when I started doing that music with them, I kind of, I kind of really found my sound too. Honestly, honestly, and. But in my way, I find my sound as well. I can do new school and old school, but I think this sound I got is real, you know, sticking with me, you know, real permanent with me. The word I'm trying to look for is I think I really found it. I think I really found my sound for real, for real. But with that, with that one, man, I think it's really good for me. So I went over there to their room and we started make, we started getting cracking, like just like that. Yeah, when King Shams got in touch with me last year um, and sent me Dawn of the Dead, and I, I listened to that from front to back, man, that whole that whole album really had a, a real vibe to it. Like it, I don't know if old school is the right word, but it was to me it was kind of like a bridge between old school and new school. Like in terms of the beats and the production and the sound, like it, it had a it just had a good vibe to it, man. It's hard it's hard to even really put into words, you know. Um, and yeah. you know songs like Boss Talk and Forbes and then yours was uh, uh bodies on the ground right w- was was the song that was on dawn of the dead mm-hmm. so so yeah talk to me about yeah, with uh, with uh king champs and, and is on and in finding your sound and just in terms of the types of beats from uh the types of production that they bring because that that record really had like a cool vibe to it in my opinion oh man dumb, dumb boys know what they don't just like in my way, but them boys know what they doing. Everybody knew exactly what the hell they was doing when they met me. Like they, so the way Azan made beats, made beats was the way he made beats, man. It actually matched the vibe, and that actually maxed my exact vibe. 
every time you send me a beat or any beat back, I said, now you fucked up because you signed your death certificate with all these beats and all that. Don't go crying to nobody and telling them what happened because I told you what was going to happen. But anywho, it, it was good, man. They know exactly what they was doing, man. Like the beat selection from the production to how they want me to come delivery wise and all that. You know, man, it's, it, it was real. They real good dudes. They really are good dudes, for real, for real. Like you see, you see, freaking um, Sam's, you know, sending every single single out, every single single out from the dead run, from dawn of the dead, and from my single, from his singles, and all that. They really, you know, pushing shit. They just push it. That's how it is, for real, for real. He called it guerrilla marketing. Yeah, I, I like the way it sounds too, because it's exactly what it is. And they they really know how to work for real, for real, man. They tell you push your shit. I can't hold your hand, but you gotta push your shit. That's what I did. And so you know, I got more major respect, more talent, more talent wise. I got more stronger with that. My lyrics got more stronger. My breath control got more stronger. My uh, wittiness got more strong. My got more stronger. Like they know what they're doing for real, for real. So I, yeah, I like it over here. Yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed uh, all the singles that you put out so far, and I definitely think the latest to um, Demeanor and Find My Way, um, Find My Way I really connected with me in particular. I mean, I, I love Demeanor too as well, but Find My Way I felt like was really, um, you know, not that you you weren't being authentic on the other ones because, you know, your cadence and your sound is similar throughout, but I feel like that was one where, I don't know. I just, and maybe that's kind of where I'm at in my life as well, finding my way. But you know, you were really speaking from the heart on that one, man. And I, and I saw on your Instagram too, like you're, you're working on fitness and like getting in shape and stuff. So I feel like the theme of that is, is kind of what's going in your life. Is that, is that correct? As far as just where you're at right now, where you're trying to go with your music. Yeah. Like the way I am. Uh, all right. So I battle with, you know, uh, stress, depression and everything. And, you know, not being able to figure out what I got to do. How can I do it this way? How can I do it that way? And, you know, my health was just out, out of this world. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop eating junk food. I couldn't stop eating Chinese food. Couldn't stop eating none of that. But, like I said, come back to my brother with it. My oldest brother with it. He sat me down. Got with me on my credit. Got with me on my health. Got with me on, you know, working out or whatever. He got with me with, you know, Music, he got with me with everything that I'm doing wrong. Like, you know how you got that one older brother or one older sister, aunt, uncle, mom, dad, that'll really sit you down and really tell you about yourself to cry or something, cry or something? That's him. But at the same time, it's like he doing it out of love because he hates to see somebody like that he loves and cares about go the wrong way when he's trying to do right by himself as well. Yeah. That's the one thing I love about him so much, for real, for real. But he he definitely put me on that type of thing where it's like you will never get better unless you actually do what you're supposed to do. And that's get out there, push your stuff out, get back in the studio, keep writing, work on your health, get better. And later on down the road, you'll see the results and how good it will be for you, for real, for real. You will never get far if you don't do what you're supposed to do. For real, for real. Yeah, it's true. There's always there's always that person in your life, whether it's a, a close sibling or a close friend. It, you know, I've always said like the real people in your life, whether you know the the your real friends or, or the people who really love you, the people who really love you and care about you, 
They'll tell you when you look good and you smell great, but they'll also tell you when your breath stinks, you need to take a shower. You know what I mean? And sometimes, sometimes we all need that, that tough love and everything. And it, and it sounds like your brother's helping putting you on the, on a good path, man. But, um, just build mm-hmm. on that with, with the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward, man. Like I'm somebody that also struggles with depression, anxiety. Um, I've got some OCD tendencies and stuff and, you know, right. I like, I, I definitely, um, there's definitely times where I can get up in my head. You know, one, one song that I've really been listening to a lot lately is uh, sometimes by juice world, you know, where he right. said, that, you know, my mind sometimes grows dark and wild. You know what I mean? And like, I really relate to that. You know what I mean? Um, right. So how, how have you battled through that, man, over the years? Is, is it that, you know, music, exercise, diet, all of those things? How, how, how far do you feel like you've come as far as dealing with, with those type of things in terms of depression or anxiety, those types of things? So the way I deal with all that is because it's, uh, it's like, you know, like I said, working out, um, reading books, reading books as well, trying to get real, real back into that as well. Um, you know, being around my girl, we've been together for like six, seven years now. It's been a very long time. Um, I was going to say congrats, man. A lot of people <laughs> going six, seven years, that's a long time. Hard right. to, it's hard right. to find a ride or die out here, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's very hard, especially in my city. Wait, where are you, where are you from? Is that, may I ask that question? Where are you from? I'm originally from the Midwest. So I grew up in a, in a city called Toledo, Ohio. It's about an hour south of Detroit, right on the Ohio-Michigan border. And I've been in the Nashville area for the last almost seven years now. So I'm Dang. in Tennessee now. Way yeah. different vibe down south in the Midwest. You know what I mean? But right. Nashville so, yeah. is kind of like a, a melting pot, though. It's rare that you meet somebody who's from Nashville. You know what I mean? It's kind of a commuter yeah. now. It's it's you usually meet people. You usually meet. There's a lot of people here from like California. It's it's rare that I meet somebody who's like a native Nashvilleian or, or Tennessean. We call them unicorns down here. But yeah, that's where I'm from originally, man. I'm a I'm a I'm a Midwest guy. I'm telling you, man. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the whole, especially with anxiety of moving to a new home. For for I ain't gonna hold you. I got anxiety like that with that like a motherfucker. I ain't gonna lie to you, but it's like it's tough at first, man. I was I was 27 when I moved, and I and I lived in the Midwest my whole life, you know. So when I came yeah. down here, I didn't know too many people. I was 500 miles away from everybody that I knew and loved. So it was. Had to, you know, meet meet new people, meet new friends, start a new job, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it took it took some adjusting, but it, it was one of the best things I've done for myself, though, for for real. It was was something that really helped me grow as a man, you know. For real, that's the one thing about it too. Shit, she helped. Shit, my girl helped me grow as a man. Sometimes, so uh, so it's not it's nothing better than a female actually telling you about yourself too. It'll make you. I go hold you. I tear it up. But you tell me some shit. Some, to really get in my ass sometimes, but it'd be like the real shotgun type of feel. Please, where the words hit you, yeah. Because her mom, because her mom, because her and her mom, it's like the same way. Same way, it's no filter when you, when they really trying to tell you something for real, for real. Yeah, straight between the That's eyes. That's about it. Directly straight to the point. Yep. But 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 with depression and anxiety, for real, for real, you just gotta get away from the hood. Get away from the hood. Go downtown, like downtown. Um, see, well, right now the city is not really that good of a place to really be living in like that because of all the drama and everything. But the thing is, you know, we we find somehow to get get away from it for real, for real. So I just go downtown, 15th Street. I'll take a walk downtown, take a stroll downtown. I don't buy nothing. I don't do none of that. I'll sit in the park probably. I'll 
listen to my book on audio and all that. We'll just book to take a stroll downtown. I'll go in the stores, you know, probably window shop. I ain't gonna hold you. I'm a window shop. I'm a big one. I just look at stuff for real, for real. I'll even go see what's new downtown because I never been down there ever since the high, ever since high school for real, for real. Or when I drive back, or when I used to drive. Yeah. But that that really take you know take me out of where I post where I usually be at, which is my neighborhood, and it's nicer down there because. It's no much. It's not that much drama going on down there unless you get into an accident or cause a scene or get into a fight down there, which rarely happens for for unless it's back in the day. So you know, it's like it's a better. It's like breathtaking for for because I I'd rather be downtown just chilling like I used to with my friends and them because it's like a better feel instead of you being down here and you got to look over your shoulder, you got to make sure nobody following you. All that, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, are are you still in uh, West Philly now? Mm-hmm. So is it is it getting is it getting better there? Or is it still or is it still in terms of crime and things happening or or you know especially these last couple of years with everything that's gone on in the country is it still kind of a lot of tension or or how is it? Ever since that uh, whole pandemic, but you know the riot the looting at the stores, the shooting still going on repeatedly. And everything that's happening that you heard of is still happening now. That's the messed up part about it. But, you know, we always find a way to get around it as much as we can and just live. That's all you really can do around here is just live. Yeah. Just live and keep moving and stay away from all the drama, all the, bull- all the bullshit. There's nothing that there's nothing but BS around here, you know? That's why, you know, you got to move out, out of the county or move out of the city, just like that. But, you know, move out of the city and all that. It's never it's never good. But I always pray for my city is going to be better. It's just, you know, you just got to pray. Move on. That's how, that's how life is, right? Yeah, man. Well, well, I think it's good, though, that you, you met up with uh, Champs and Azan, you know, because it seems like those are guys who are trying to really be a positive voice in the community, you know, find another, you know, hip hop artist like yourself, you know, yeah. build, build the dead wrong records community. And, you know, cause I remember from talking to him, you know, he's, he's been through things in his life. He's, he's made some mistakes like we all have, but he's really turned things yeah. around and has been on this positive path and, um, you know, doing a good job of getting the word out about guys like yourself, you know, and connecting with people like me. And like you said, man, like I'm, I'm the same type of way. Like I've, I've worked with, people of all races over the years and, and um, have had different jobs and been in different levels of employment in different areas from journalism to healthcare. And, you know, and, and the way my parents raised me was to treat everybody the way that I wanted to be treated. You know what I mean? So exactly. I was fortunate to, to come up with that mentality where, you know, I don't care black, white, you know, if, if they, you know, if they're built like LeBron James or, they're thin and got bird legs like me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I treat everybody the same way, but, but it's, um, you know, I think, I think sometimes when I look around at our country today, I think what bums me out is uh, there's a lot of uh, division. There's a lot of vitriol politically. When you turn on the news, like you said, it's violence, it's crime, it's all these things. And even though those things are happening, I feel like there's not enough out there talking about how people are coming together and how people are trying to be a positive voice in the community. Um, And just speaking as speaking, you know, just being for real, like 
speaking as a white dude that grew up in West Toledo, um, you know, I, I wasn't in a gated community. We were middle class. You know, my mom was a nurse for over mm-hmm. 30 years and my dad also worked in healthcare and supply chain. So, you know, yeah. I, I never had to go without me and my siblings. We, we never had to go without, but we also weren't, weren't rich, you know? And, and, um, and so I, I felt like I got kind of like, you know, a life experience where I had two parents in the home. We were middle yeah. class, but I also have empathy for, for people who, who didn't come from that scenario. And I, I think sometimes when I look around, like you said, people really don't know what it's like when you get into like the city and, and what it's like to just try to survive day in and day out. And I, I just wish, I wish we had more empathy for each other, you know, for, for people from all walks of life. You know what I mean? Always. You know, you want to know something that for real, for real, but really inspired me even more to really like, you know, sit down and really like write and sit down and really like get with it is because, you know, I lost my grandmother like on Memorial Day itself, like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, everybody was shocked when they heard that, heard about it. The whole neighborhood from the corner of my block to the next corner heard about it. Everybody was devastated because if you sit with my grandmother on my mother's porch, she'll tell, she'll talk to you until you can, until you feel like you're ready to leave. And so not, and so not at all for any type of way. But that, and not only that, she'll give you the shit off her back. She'll give you money if she likes you that much. And she'll actually feed you like you her own. She'll treat you like she's your own. A woman across the street from me told me like a good week ago or probably four days ago and said, man, I miss your grandmother so much. I really enjoyed her time. She reminds me of, you know, me and her, she reminds me of my mother, and I feel like that's my mother for real, for real. My friend, grandfather, two door, two three doors down from me, saying I really was looking forward to our conversations. I really enjoyed our conversations whenever I walked past a woman that she helped off the ground. Well, a woman that helped her off the ground when she fell on my porch because she was had cancer, she had uh, colon and everything. When she passed, she was devastated. A neighbor of ours baked cookie for baked cookies for us. Came by my best friend, Kasim Williams, and all Kasim and everybody that you know knew my grandmother was reaching out to me, calling my phone, calling my mom's phone. Everybody, everybody came out, and it was like, damn man, it's a real impact. When you a really good person and you really got that good impact on somebody. It'll never be, it'll never be forgotten. That's what made me get up and actually be like, I'm going to do this. It's really going to be for her. Then that's what demeanor kind of came from, for real, for real. And with demeanor, it's like, you know, with demeanor, it's like you gotta have that type of, you gotta have that type of swagger. You gotta have that type of, uh, that type of, what's the word I'm looking for? Mentality. Uh, mentality. Yeah, there you go. Mentality saying. I got to do this. It got to be for this and only this. And I don't give a fuck how you feel about it at the end of the day. Cause it's me. Take it or leave it. And that's just how, how demeanor is. You can walk down the street. You don't know how somebody is feeling. But you know, you don't want to be messed with. Or he probably just had that face because somebody's messed with more. Or anything. Demeanor can go many different ways. But. That's just how it is. It's all about a hustle, an ambition, and a dedication to things. 
that's why that's why I'm, that's how I'm coming with this homicidal thoughts EP. That's definitely going to be the first intro, the single, the first single off of the off of the EP that we just dropped. Well, I'm sorry for uh, for your loss, man. Uh, that's tough. You know, grandparents are are a vital part of life, man. Just having yeah. that old soul coming from a different era, and like you said, they just have that wisdom and knowledge. And my, my grandpa was like that too. He could talk to anybody. He was. You know, anybody wasn't a smooth talker. He was just somebody that, like, he, you, you would be yourself around him. Like, if my grandpa was alive right. right now, and you yeah. were black, like, in, in five minutes, he'd have you figured out. You know what I mean? And like, you, you could feel like you could talk to him about anything. Oh yeah, he was in sales, but he wasn't. He wasn't good at sales because he was a BS, or he was good at sales because he he knew how to connect with people. And it right. it, it was like magic, man. Like I, I wear his necklace every day. I have a picture of him that I keep with me when I record these podcasts just to have that energy because I know he, he, he'd be supportive of everything that I'm doing. But when you say that about, about your grandma, that's how my grandpa was too, man. He could talk to anybody, and people liked talking to him because they just felt comfortable oh, yeah. around him. And that's – like I said, that's like oh, a yeah. power. So like you said, it's, you know, it's cool um, that you turned a negative into a positive and, and you made a song about that, man, because that's, that's what life's that's- all about, right? You know, it's, it's – you know, you – you walk through that darkness and you, you know, sometimes you're forged in that darkness and you got to harness that energy and you can either do it for good or bad. And so I'm glad that you took something negative into a positive, man. You got to, there ain't no way you're going to be sitting up in the house. My own girl won't even let me sit up in the house and be depressed and be angry and be, you know, fucked up. My brother would tell me the same thing. My mom would tell me the same thing. My dad would tell me the same thing. My mother is so damn strong, she don't even cry. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. But go through whether it's missing something or missing a payment or missing whatever, she don't cry. She get up, dust it off, and go to fuck back to work and get money and come back, do what she got to do. That's what I ain't going to hold you. They tell me I'm a splinter image on my mother. Honestly, I'm just hard working as my father. All I do, like, man, all I do, man, is go to work come back home on my off days i go to the gym go to the studio write the song or whatever come home i play the game or if i got me a car i'll go see my girlfriend take her out somewhere drop her off at her home go come back here and go to sleep do it all over again that's all i do yeah i don't reach hustling on being the street shooting at nobody stabbing nobody this is all off of what i know and what i see and what I be around. This is my neighborhood. And last time I checked, if you really saying something about what you from and where you who you are, you gotta say something about you gotta really speak that shit from right here. It don't come from right here, but it come from right here. And I know exactly what the fuck going on in my neighborhood for real, for real. But you know, man, it's like I can never forget who I am for real, for real. And them three people plus my mother and everybody around me. They'll really tell me exactly who the fuck I am, and I'm, I'm me, straight up. For sure, man. Well, Black, uh, before I let you go, man, because I know we're right about that time, and I don't want to, I don't want to keep you too long, man. But uh, just a couple things to wrap up. You touched on the EP, so so tell people about what's coming out. Obviously, you've got Demeanor out now. That's the latest single. I'll put up the link for that. Uh, but tell people what you're working on. Man. So the first single was Demeanor. The second one that we are dropping is going to be Bodies Outline and Chalk. Um, I can tell you a little bit more about that one. So Bodies Outline and Chalk is like, you know, basically just watch what you say or things can happen or 
watch how you speak to people or this can happen or this is how I'm moving and I don't like and I and that's you just want to deal with it or I'm coming with a cocky type of demeanor type of I'm here and I'm not going nowhere type of feel. But at the same time, you know, I'm a good dude. Just don't just don't test me. That's just all I'm saying. But from demeanor and bodies outlining and chalk in probably like six other tracks as well. We just recording and we just recording and adjusting things and making sure everything and right in order. And next thing you know, probably later on in the fall, we're gonna drop the EP. But I want King Sam's to hurry up and drop his EP. I said it on the last podcast that they put me on. I'm gonna say it on this one too. King Sam's, if you're hearing this from me right now, drop your EP. Please, please drop the EP. I'm waiting, waiting patiently. I can't wait too long. But anyway, but EP is homicidal thoughts, but definitely, you know, and it's like we always gonna do what we gotta do. But homicidal thoughts is really off of uh the pandemic, my depression, you no know, anxiety, uh everything for real, for real. Everything, losses, deaths, everything for real, for real. From two thousand when the coronavirus came, probably like 2019, 2020, right? Right at the beginning of 2020, yep. March was when it when it officially everything started going going down with uh, the pandemic, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely from there all the way up until now. And whenever this thing over, for real, for real, because I shit, it affected me heavily. But at the same time, it's like, what can we do? This is the world nowadays. And there ain't nothing we can do but Keep moving forward. And that's what it really about for for but homicidal thoughts definitely gonna be dropping in the fall or whenever we announce it gonna be dropping. But it's definitely gonna come out. And I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna go back and record another song. But I'm putting my friend Kasim on one of my uh on one of the trunk or one of the tracks for for because he wanna get into rapping, he wanna get into beat making, he wanna be a producer, he just wanna get into experience at the studio. So I'm like uh, well, you can get on my track. Come on, bro. Because I ain't got no problem putting you on something, but if you flake me, if you go if you go left and I go right, it's not going to work. Right. For real, for real. But we actually had to sit down. We also want to do something together. So, you know, music is not the only hustle we can do. We can do other things as well. For sure, man. Well, just a couple of quick things. I, I do want to ask you, how did you come up with your rap name, man? Because I know I know the for band names, rap names, I'm always curious. I know sometimes people use like band name generators and then I gotta see, oh, does somebody else already have this? So how did you how did you come up with black as your rap name? So black um black is like an acronym for real for real. But it believes it's called uh believe like a king. And with black is like, all right, so I have an older guy that used to go to my high school computer tech. He he actually sent me down. It's amazing how everybody just want to sit me down and talk to me and tell me about myself. But he sent me down and told me about, you know, who I am, what I should be carrying myself, and how, you know, I should be presenting myself as a son, a man, a young man at that, a high school and he, you know, actually introduced me to a lot of things. He took me and MOA actually out of the city to, you know, better uh, environment for a whole week for a weekend. Like he, like Danny Dangle Bryant, 
is actually a real, a real thorough being. Like he's an actual good figure for you. Like if you ever run across Daniel Bryant, he's legit all the way. He's legit all the way. No lie to you at all. Like he's actually the real, you know, he's a real good figure for you to have as a mentor or you to sit down and talk to somebody that actually, you know, actually tell you what can you do to really get better or get advice from, you know? Because without him, me, Bookworm, Lyric, Josiah, Shamir, all all my, all my friends from high school, we would never be anything without him for real. Because we started with him, then everybody else, you know, came along with it. But Black really came from, you know, anything I really touch is golden. And not only that, it's also an acronym called Believe Like a King, because my last name is King, for real, for real. Okay. And that's what I really, I just believe in. I just believe myself as a king. I go through, I go through things, I have feelings, but I'm always going to come back stronger than ever. I like that, man. Well, I think that's a great place to end it. I'm glad that uh, it sounds like you've got a positive mindset, man. And you're turning the negatives into a positive in your life, and that's what this oh, yeah. show is all about. And Philly's oh, obviously yeah. got a rich, rich uh, rap history, you know. I mean, New York and L.A., you know, always get a lot of the the credit, and deservedly so. Obviously, they're they're you know, rap rap history, rap rap royalty. But there's a lot of things that have happened over the years with with the Philly rap scene, and I feel like you guys at Dead Wrong Records and King Shams and Azan, you know, you guys are, are writing your own story right now and have a chance to really be that next voice, man. So just keep believing in yourself. Keep doing your thing. Uh, I'll wrap it up by saying thank you, man. I really appreciate the time, especially on a Friday night, dude. And um, I appreciate you, you know, telling the people about your story. I think it's I think it's good as men that that we can talk about these things in terms of anxiety and things like that, because it's a uh, it's important, man. You know, you can't bottle that stuff up inside. And uh, even though I'm not a musician, music's always been a healthy outlet for me when I'm working out or, you know what I mean? So uh, I, I really appreciate the time. One more time for the people, let them know where they can find you. I'll put up the links in the podcast description, but uh, let them know where they can find you, Black. So basically, you know, uh, on Twitter, it's Black, it's Black 5400, B-L-A-K 5400. Um, that's my Twitter account. Uh, my Insta- my Instagram is black215, B-L-A-K-215. And you know them two right there. You can definitely follow me on there. I'm also on TikTok doing some funny stuff. <laughs> uh, black the Rapper. Definitely Black the Rapper. And I'm also on Bego, uh, Bego Live as Black the Rapper. So definitely, definitely uh, catch me on Instagram, Black 215, catch me on Twitter, Black5400, catch me on Beagle Live, Black the Rapper, TikTok, Black the Rapper. I'm just trying to get out there the best way we can. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of the night, man. Thank you for being cool and giving me like 10, 15 more minutes of your time, dude. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll be in touch, my guy. Keep doing All right, bro. All right, man. I enjoyed it. Keep doing your thing, man. All right, man. All righty, dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with West Philly rapper 
Black. Make sure you go follow him on Instagram at Black215, on Twitter at Black5400, and on TikTok at Black the Rapper. And that is spelled B L A K, aka Believe Like a King. Black, I just want to say thanks again so much for taking the time to do the podcast, my man. It was really cool how you shared your story with myself and the listeners of this show and talked about how you've persevered and moved forward in your life because that's what this show is all about with March 4th. And I want to say once again that I'm sorry for the loss of your grandmother. My condolences go out to you and your family and the lives of all the people that she touched in Philadelphia and beyond, man. But at the same time, one of the key takeaways for me and I hope the listeners and listening to that conversation was just how you turned a negative into a positive with her death. How you said, hey, I'm going to channel this into my music. I'm doing this for her. You channeled that into your latest single, Demeanor, which came out great. And I really think that that's just a key component of all this, you guys, as you listen to that conversation. is just we all go through difficult things in life, and death is part of life. There's going to be people in your life that you lose that you're close to. It just comes with the territory. And whether it's the death of a loved one or a tough breakup or maybe a loss of a job or you know, you didn't get the promotion that you wanted, or, you know, you got cut from the team after you worked hard all summer and worked on your game. Whatever it is, man, we all go through trials and tribulations in life, but it's how you respond to those negative things when they happen and how you channel it that make all the difference. And I think that's something really important about Black's story is how he turned a negative into a positive with her death, how he channeled, you know, the bullying and the things that he dealt with when he was younger into his music and and the positive influences that he has in his life, from his family to his girlfriend to his brother to King Shams and Azan over at Dead Wrong Records. You know, none of us get where we are by ourselves. You know, it, it takes a village, as they say, man. And I, I don't believe in, in those, you know, stories about, oh, he's a self-made man or this is a self-made person or it was a self-made business. At the end of the day, you know, we need people who believe in us along the way people who hold us accountable and inspire us to be the best versions of ourselves. It's not something that we just do by ourselves. Obviously, you got to put the work in and whatever it is that you love to do to be successful, but you don't get there alone. And I just feel like all of the components of Black Story, man, are really, like I said, what this podcast is all about in terms of persevering, moving forward, chasing your dreams, turning negatives into a positive. I'm doing all those things in my life. This this show definitely is art imitating life. I myself lost one of my grandmothers within the last year and experienced more death in the last year than at any other point in my life and uh, the last year plus really and it, and it was tough man in addition to going through a difficult breakup but at the end of the day I kept showing up to my job doing my job I keep showing up and doing these podcasts because it's it really means something to me to connect with people not just the artists on the show like black but people like yourselves listening to the show because it's important to me man it's important to me to try to be a force of positivity and try to create a positive ripple effect with with my audience and hopefully it inspires you guys to go chase down your dreams. So I hope that conversation was enjoyable for you all like it was enjoyable for me. And once again, I just hope that all of you go support Black, go support King Shams and Azan and the Dead Wrong Records family, especially if you're fans of hip hop. I really think they're carving out their name in Philly and and really adding to just a rich hip hop legacy that exists there in Philadelphia, man. So once again, Go check out Black on Instagram at Black215, on Twitter at Black5400, and on TikTok at Black the Rapper. The links to all of his stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode, so just scroll to the bottom of the podcast description and you can find him on all those socials. 
And that's a wrap for this week's show, you guys. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. My link tree, as I mentioned in the beginning, is also in the podcast description. So if you want to check out past episodes, if you want to check out previous writing examples that I've done, learn more about me, I've got a little bio in there. It's all right there, man. So I truly appreciate everybody who listens to the show. I want to give a shout out and say thanks again to King Shamps for setting this up. I really appreciate you, my guy. And again, don't sleep on him either, man. I'm telling you guys, especially if you love hip hop, especially if you love hip hop, make sure you go check out King Shamps. But I just really appreciate all the people that I've been able to connect with, man. It's all love over here and the mutual respect that I have for guys like Black and King Shamps and everybody who comes on the show and all of you who listen to this show, man. It truly, truly means a lot. So on that note, I'm going to say keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Black, here is his latest single, Demeanor. Peace. Approach with caution, nigga. Yeah. Cross me over like you AI didn't suck, my nigga. I ain't got a problem laying hands and feet on you, my nigga. Part of my demeanor, Aki, this is how it is. Suitings every other night, sit what you expect. Living in the ghetto, I get chained and you'll protect. Niggas playing snatches and they shoulders going next. So you can be a target or a demon, either way you getting hit. I went through the worst times, that shit hurt me. 2020 helped me realize my own worth be Stand on my own too and put God first The guys in my corner if I fall face first No target for me I stay out the way, tell them boys ease back Act like you break while getting hoes in your wig cap Me getting on begging knees, imagine that These niggas are losing, no, never been that I ain't that type of cat Cops killing teens, niggas killing children How can a nigga smile with all this blood spilling? Niggas really off they rock Pump your chest out all you wanna, it can deflate in the next hour. Sweat of fingers, lead to less showers. Catch you lacking, ain't no funny acting. Better activate your powers. I'm not a leader, that's a follower. I'm a leader that follow leaders. Some little finger to the non-believers. Who gives a fuck about that next nigga? I want it now, fuck that next nigga. I better than that next nigga, even that next nigga that's sitting next to that nigga after the next nigga. Don't be alarmed, there's disrespect running the bloodline. I'm in this tighter than the fat bitch squeezing in size five. Uh-huh. Better yet, let's take it back to 2K11 when LeBron's hairline wasn't trying to look in his own eyes. <laughs> yeah, I'm spitting, spitting. I'm talking, talking, rest in peace. DMS, that nigga was barking, barking. I mean, true legend. He was really off and off for any rapper he had beef. He put him in coffin, coffin. Uh, I want respect, royalties, and the love. All that flashy shit, just don't sit right with me, cause I want better things. Get my niggas hella rings. Empty stomach with a loaded nine, been a scary thing. Just that homicidal thoughts talk. Uh-huh. That ride around in that tinted car talk. Fuck your bitch and make her swallow my kids and kick it right on my crib and watch that ass do the slut walk. Get out, Pull up on the op, we got the drop talk. Don't speak it if you ain't about that walk talk. Follow the code and keep it G. But that number one rule, we saying West, don't fuck with me. Nickel.